0: What is up, YouTube? Welcome in to another edition of Midday with Trey and BK. Hold on, Trey. We're on the wrong side here. That's more like it.
1: Uh Uh-oh, there we go.
0: That's what we're looking for. We got to make sure we're aligned with
1: our social media accounts. What a way to start the week, huh? That's right. Now, normally, you don't want to be affiliated with that Courtesy Wave or at Books on Pod, but at Books on Pod had a big weekend hanging out with David Keckner backstage at Cap City Comedy Club after he performed on Saturday. So you speak in third
0: person, but not with your name, but with your podcast name? Are you that level of douche now?
1: No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tough to say no to that. Oh man, we're locked and loaded. We've got a fun show for y'all today. We're taking you all the way until one o'clock. Make sure you follow Trey on Twitter and Instagram and do check out the Books on Pod podcast. It is fantastic. Trey does a bunch of phenomenal interviews year round with prominent guests in sports news and pop culture. If you haven't followed that, make sure you do just that. Of course, follow me on social media as well and make sure you follow our brand new Twitter account. That's right. Texas Sports Unfiltered is on Twitter. It's at T.S. Unfiltered. Unfortunately, Elon Musk doesn't give you enough characters for us to include the entirety of Texas Sports Unfiltered. So if you search Texas Sports Unfiltered, it will pop up. But we are at T.S. Unfiltered. So uh, give us a subscription there if you could. Of course, subscribe to this YouTube channel if you haven't done that yet. And a reminder, day one, less than an hour away from the first episode of Chip and Zay. That's right, coming up from 1 to 3. It'll be every weekday, but of course, today is day one. Chip Brown, Zay Collier, super excited about that show. So keep it locked in right here until 3 o'clock. There's nowhere else you need to be. We're going to have it all right here for you on Texas Sports Unfiltered and on the free Texas Sports Unfiltered app as well. That feels like enough show promotion to, to start things
1: off on a Monday, Trey. Welcome back to Austin, my friend. It was good to see you briefly last night and uh, even better to have you in this fair burg. You've escaped the clutches of the human, uh, humid hellhole that is Houston, Texas. Welcome back. Does it feel as good as I'm guessing you imagined this time last week?
0: It does. It feels hot, I can tell you that, but it does feel really, really good. I don't know if it's fully soaked in that I'm back in Austin, but uh, just driving on Mopac, even driving on 35 is enjoyable now. That That's when you know you're excited to be back in Austin, when you're actually enjoying being on 35. That's where I'm at right now, because as much as the traffic here sucks and continues to get worse seemingly by the day, it doesn't hold a candle to what uh, I was dealing with in H-Town, so No, man, I'm thrilled to be back. Yeah, it was great seeing you in person yesterday. And it'll be nice when I'm fully moved in and have the whole studio set up the way we want and uh, can actually settle down a little bit. But it is so great to be back in, in the best city in the world, Austin, Texas, USA, America.
1: That's right. Now, were you sowing your seed on Dirty 6th or elsewhere this weekend? Did you actually have time to start making those plays again? Or is that going to have to wait another weekend?
0: No, well, we don't have to wait till the weekend, but it didn't happen this past weekend. I I made a mistake because I had the U-Haul. I should have just taken that bad boy down to 6th Street and tried to throw as many girls into the trailer on that deal as possible. You know, that's that's strength in numbers right there with that 15-foot U-Haul truck. I could have made a killing
1: down there. Much easier to lure your victims into the very back. Is that what you're saying?
0: No, no. All voluntary. It would all been consensual. Just uh, would have been able to get a lot of people back there, you know? A little after party in the back of the (laughs) U-Haul. It's all good. No problem there.
1: A billion degrees in the back of that U-Haul, too. Just that metal tin can just accepting heat throughout the day.
0: Well, I've got the uh, battery-powered fans back there, so that would have done a good enough job to keep everybody cool. Would have cracked the windows open too. Would have been fine, you know. Right. Left left the back, uh, the you know the garage door left it open a little bit to make sure we were getting some airflow in there. It's gonna be hot back there. No one's gonna die. It's gonna be hot. That's all right.
1: Oh, leave down. the sliding back door cracked. That'll do it. That'll have everybody feeling.
2: <laughs>
0: Yeah, I hope nothing flies out the back while we're driving that thing too. That that could be an issue. I, I thought about trying to barter with the folks at U-Haul to trade my Ultima for the U-Haul, so I could keep that thing as my
1: primary vehicle. But I don't know if they would have said yes to that. I don't know if that's a fair trade for them. Have you ever driven a uh, party car? since you uh, got your driver's license, I'm assuming, at the age of 16? Because I do have a a moment in time where I was driving a big yellow Suburban around in college, and it definitely turned into the vehicle of choice for us to go from point A to point B in the evenings.
0: Man, I mean, I drove an RV to Ole Miss and then again to Notre Dame for those Texas road games during my freshman and senior year at school. I don't know if that counts, but I I didn't have like the – Like the regular party vehicle, like I think you're talking about now.
1: Yeah, RV is a different level, but that's not something you would want to be driving around full-time. No, God, real fast. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, exactly. Some people can pull it off, but I don't think I'm one of those people. I can't be a full-time RVer. Anyways, loaded show today. We've got uh, a great guest joining us at 1230 talking about a new restaurant. He's got a few restaurants around the Austin area, but a new location opening up in Georgetown, a place that Trey and I are huge, huge fans of. So we're excited for that conversation Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we'll have Where Are We At in Society at the end of the show, and we'll get some sports conversation here at the beginning, talking Longhorns, talking Cowboys, talking Texans, as we get closer and closer to the start of football season. Trey, we've got football this weekend. I know the Longhorns don't play until next weekend, and most college football teams don't play until next weekend, but Week 0 is... What, six days away, five days away now? I mean, college football is basically here, and it is
1: an awesome, awesome thing. What are the games this next weekend? Because Week 0 typically feels a lot like the NFL preseason to me, where I will tune in a little bit, but the real stuff hasn't started just yet.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are a couple of big-name programs playing this weekend. The biggest game is Notre Dame versus Navy. Oh, the game in in, uh, Ireland? Yeah, it's in Dublin, which is kind of cool uh usc plays this weekend but they play a nobody and outside of that it's just a bunch of randomness so you do get a couple of like premier programs a couple of top 15 teams the game in ireland's going to be pretty badass and notre dame navy's kind of a rivalry so that'll be fun for a few different reasons but you're right i mean it's it's just football like I'll, i'll be betting my cousin will be betting on everything i'll be watching everything uh, because it's college football, but like the real the real season starts September 2nd when Texas
1: plays Rice and everybody else starts playing. I'll definitely tune in for at least some of Notre Dame Navy and a little bit of USC, too. I mean, I'm sure they're going to end up killing whoever it is that they're playing, but they are the closest thing to a lock, in my opinion, for the college football playoff this year because of how good they are and also the conference that they're in, too. So I am curious to see what uh, Lincoln Riley is rolling out on both offense and defense for them in the first half when things are theoretically a little bit more competitive.
0: You're calling USC is a
1: lock to make the CFP closest to a lock because of a confluence of things, including the talent, of course, but also uh, who they have to make it through to get there. Like obviously, or not obviously maybe, but I do consider there to be better teams in college football, but they're facing much more difficult circumstances. Like, make the argument that Michigan and Ohio state are better than USC, but they have to play one another. And I think they're also in a more difficult conference too. SEC is the SEC or Georgia and, and Alabama and maybe even LSU like on paper, the most talented teams in the country. Sure. But they have to play one another at least once if not a second time, uh, for an SEC championship game to actually get there.
0: Yeah, well, you know, USC's got to play Utah, and they couldn't get past the Utes in either of their two appearances or two matchups last year. So. Yeah. There are some good teams, Oregon's there, but you're right. I mean, the Pac-12, I'm not going to argue against the Pac-12 being weaker than the Big Ten or the SEC. Like, those are the two premier conferences in college football. We know they're going to get more premier in 2024. But, uh, yeah, no, USC, look, they had it right in front of them last year. All they had to do was beat Utah in the Pac-12 title game, and they would have made it to the Final Four. They couldn't get the job done. But it does feel like they've uh, they've got every opportunity to make that happen this year.
1: Now, to your point, they do play uh, They do play at Oregon near the end of the season, so that game will obviously be huge. But they get both Washington and Utah at home, which will that make a huge difference? Maybe. And uh, playing at Notre Dame is obviously going to be a tough one too, but uh, you can probably lose at least one of those four games and still be okay. And I think ultimately – USC will be head and shoulders above the rest of the competition in that conference.
0: Mm. Yeah, a lot of y'all are texting in week one games. Yeah, there are a bunch of great games next Saturday, but we're talking about week zero this Saturday. So, yeah, you've got Utah and Florida. You've got the TCU-Colorado game, just to name a few. Now September 2nd is going to be awesome. But this weekend, yeah, it's a, a lot of nobodies. USC is playing San Jose State, so you feel like that's a game they're going to win by 40, 50, if not more than that. Uh, so not a ton to pick from this weekend, but once again, it's it's college football, man. Like I will be glued to my couch all Saturday long watching all of these games, and it's going to be glorious, and I'm going to love it. UTEP at Jacksonville State. Congrats to uh to all you Miners fans yeah. out there. If you're,
1: I think that's their deal. That's their deal. Yeah, the pick them. Steal the, you cannot steal the hang ten from the surfers, Utah. You got to find a different hand signal.
0: Ah, Utah,
1: UTEP. Or UTEP, you gotta you gotta find a different hand signal. Same goes for South Florida, by the way. South Florida is trying to take the Longhorn hand sign. You don't get a Longhorn hand sign, in South Florida. Find something different. Yeah, Put your hands together and like do the the double and Longhorn head. I
0: did, <laughs> I did find it funny that Charlie Strong went from Texas, where this was the hand signal, to USF, where this was the hand signal. He didn't have to learn anything new.
1: Look, we should have
0: learned how to coach, but you know that that never happened
1: say what you will about charlie strong as a coach and more specifically a head coach you're probably right if you're being critical of it he does have one of the all-time great longhorn hand signal holds because those fingers were so freaking massive it just looked authoritative that's right that point he the did point. that with the longhorn sign yep. and i'm like i've never been prouder to be a longhorn right now despite the fact that you just lost to kansas charlie
0: the points from the Texas OU game when he was wearing the golden hat, dude. That is, I still see that in my nightmares. I think,
1: like that's how big <laughs> his, as his finger was right there. Except he's out of here. Everybody
0: yeah. wants to see the dirt under your fingernails or the your nut dirt? cheese.
1: There's no dirt. I actually showered after playing volleyball this morning. We're good to go. Of course,
0: you played volleyball. Oh man. So we're uh, we're 12 days away from Texas and Rice, and the Longhorns did have their second fall scrimmage of the fall, of course, over the weekend. Uh, Trey, your biggest takeaways, noteworthy things, standout players, what what were your observations from what you've read about from that scrimmage that took place on the 40?
1: No injuries. That's huge. Number Number two, that Quinn Ewers continues to separate himself as QB1, and uh, we saw some good back and forth between Arch and Malik in terms of things done well and mistakes made. And then how about... I know we've talked a ton about Anthony Hill and what he might be capable of this year at that linebacker edge rusher spot the true freshman out of the Dallas-Fort Worth area. How about another DFW kid who continues to make play in practices, but also the scrimmages? Malik Muhammad may very well be forcing his way onto the field right now. Not starting just yet necessarily, but expect that dude to come, to, come in games to spell uh, the guys in front of him and make plays pretty immediately based on what's happening in these scrimmages, BK.
0: Yeah, I'll be honest. Like three or four months ago, if you would have asked me how I felt about the cornerbacks on this Texas team, I would have said, not great. If you ask me today on August 21st how I feel about the cornerback room, I'll say, fantastic, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we know what Ryan Watts is capable of. We saw it last year. Terrence Brooks came on strong At the end of last season, Gavin Holmes, the transfer from Wake Forest, obviously makes us feel a lot better because he's been a starter for two years in a power conference and he apparently played really well on Saturday. And then, yeah, you had um, Malik Muhammad on top of all of those. And then, boom, like that's you feel like you've got four really, really good corners to man the outside two spots. So, yeah, it, it, it does feel like cornerback is in a very, very good spot. And it's the old adage, oh, in the Big 12, you could that's college football nowadays. Like, you have to have good secondary pieces to be a good defense in today's football at any level uh, just because of how many teams are throwing the football all over the field now in 2023. You've got to have good secondary players, and it does feel like Texas has good secondary players. So, yeah, you're right. Malik Muhammad, even though he's a true freshman, even though he wasn't the most heralded recruit that Stark and company brought in this year, it does feel like he's going to force – PK's hand a little bit to get him on the field during the season. And that's that's a good thing. You want your true freshman coming in and making impacts and, and, and pushing the older guys as competition. Like, that's what the best programs in the country have, and Texas needs to get back to that.
1: Yeah, and look, uh, like you just said, BK, you don't want guys forced into action too soon, but if they are doing what it takes on the, fi- on the field, also in film sessions to – essentially state a valid case that they are ready right now. That's great. That's just like found money. And the guys who aren't necessarily there just yet, God, we have such a bad habit of this as college sports fans. We're so ready to give up on dudes if they're not productive players in year one, or in some cases, even year two guys operate on different trajectories. So uh, you take the found money with the true freshman who, who can serve in a backup or even starting capacity And uh, you also have to remain patient with some other guys from that class who may take a couple more years, too.
0: Agreed, 100%. And how about Alfred Collins? Again, uh, I know we're kind of in wait-and-see mode, like, okay, let's wait until an actual game against another team and see if Alfred Collins has taken the step that everyone is saying that he's taking. But the fact that in both scrimmages, Trey, he has been – a guy that every insider site has talked about, like at the top of the list too. It's not like oh, you got to keep scrolling down the observations article to find Alfred Collins name. No, he's like the first guy that everybody brings up. That's exciting as hell. And and it makes me think now I'm not changing my tune. I'm still going to keep dunking on Alfred Collins because it's worked in the scrimmages, right? I'm going to keep saying, he's not going to have that breakout year, but all of the, all of the reports are that no, this dude is actually set to finally start to consistently live up to the billing that he's had since his high school days.
1: Yes. Uh, not crazy to read that the Texas offense was coughing the ball up on Saturday. That's not a good thing that you want to get a uh, handle on that as soon as possible. Maybe part of it is the defense making plays. Muhammad after all did force one of those fumbles, but by the same token, it's that whole uh, give and take of what happens in a scrimmage. One unit looks really good at the expense of the other unit. Hopefully uh, we don't see those guys putting the ball on the ground during the season because that's how you, you find ways to lose games that you should win real fast.
0: Yeah, apparently a couple of interceptions and a couple of fumbles lost for this Texas offense. And Bucky and I were talking about this earlier, Trey. It's always a net zero whenever you're talking about practice, right? Spring practice, fall practice, scrimmages, it doesn't matter. If you hear good things about the offense, you get excited about that, but you're worried that your defense is really bad and then vice versa. So, like, I'm excited. Hey, the defense is forcing turnovers. That's great. You need takeaways. Like, the elite defenses are able to take the ball away from the opposition and give your offense short fields to work with. Like, that's complimentary football to a T. That's what you want. But then you're like, ah, oh, shoot, no, that's, that means our offense is turning the ball over. And we can't be doing that if we want to win the conference championship this year. So, yeah. you're right. Like, it's exciting, but also like, ah, oh, the offense has to figure it out. I did like hearing that, you know, despite some turnovers, Quinn Ewers was able to have a very strong end of the scrimmage. Mm -hmm. Another thing that Bucky and I brought up this morning, it's like at times when things weren't going Ewers' way last year, he would just completely unravel, and it would snowball, and he just could never get things back on track. That was within a game, and that kind of felt like over the course of the season too. Just things kind of got worse for Ewers as 2022 progressed. The fact that, at least according to observations, obviously we weren't there, Ewers was able to bounce back from a couple of mistakes because, look, he's going to make mistakes. We expect him to be better this year. He's going to throw interceptions. He's going to lose fumbles. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Mahomes, like all, all of the goats that happens. It's just how do you respond to those problems and those mistakes? That's what makes you a really, really good quarterback. Ewers has to be able to show that he could do that better this year than he did last year. And it sounds like at least in the scrimmage he was able to showcase some of that.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with that. Even think back to that Texas uh, Texas OU game last year where he has that one interception where Sark was trying to blame it on the uh, overhead camera at first. And it's like, no, it was just a weird ball that he decided to throw up for grabs. Like uh, both teams were playing 500. And unfortunately, the Oklahoma defender got 500 on that play. How about uh, perhaps a... Changing of the guard, and I guess the pun is intended there, on the offensive line, BK, because we talked last week about DJ Campbell taking first-team reps. He was the first-team right guard uh, throughout the duration of the scrimmage on Saturday. So it sounds like he may have unseated Cole Hudson at that right guard position, Hudson is going to play more of a Swiss Army knife role. We can play multiple spots on that offensive line, back multiple dudes up with DJ Campbell, the former five-star recruit, uh, really starting to live up to that billing by becoming a starter in year two for him.
0: I love it. I love it. No disrespect to Cole Hudson, but you just feel like the ceiling for DJ Campbell is higher, which means the ceiling for this offensive line as a whole. Is higher with DJ Campbell in there and look Cole Hudson. He started a lot of games. That's a nice piece to have off the bench as a little bit of a rotational guy. But more importantly, if somebody goes down with injury, which is bound to happen on the offensive line, it happens to every team every single year. Then it's good to know that you actually have somebody who knows what he's doing and to where there's not just a major drop off if somebody does get hurt. So. Yeah, good for DJ Campbell, man. I think this is what most Longhorn fans were hoping to see. Once again, no disrespect to Cole Hudson. Did a lot of great things for this team last year. I think he's going to do a lot of great teams, uh, things for this team moving forward. But, now having DJ Campbell and Kelvin Banks together on the O-line, like when those guys put pen to paper and signed as part of last year's class, that was like, a, oh, yeah, it's on now. We got both of those dudes. Like, we haven't had an offensive lineman drafted in the first round in 20 years. We won't have two in the same year. If those guys can live up to the hype, Kelvin banks obviously did last year. We feel good about him. DJ Campbell can be the player top 10 player in the country coming out of high school. If he can be that, then yeah, Texas is in a really, really good spot.
1: Thank you for the comments on the YouTube stream. We do read all of them, even if we only post a few on the screen during the course of the show. Quiz 11 Asks, this gets back to your uh, zero-sum comment from earlier, BK. Is it concerning a freshman is beating out starters? It just depends on the situation. If it's a freshman coming in and playing adequately and beating out starters, yeah, that is an issue. But if the dude is coming in and lighting practices and scrimmages on fire, no, that's not an issue. I think that is him showing that he is uh, ready to play sooner than some of his recruiting class mates. And that seems to be the case with not just Malik Muhammad, but also Anthony Hill too. And I know I mentioned him briefly at the start of this conversation. He did apparently have another excellent scrimmage and is far and away the hardest guy to block on this roster right now, coming off the edge on those obvious passing downs, which is something that we've been talking about going back to spring ball, BK, that if nothing else, you will see him deployed right there, and gradually they will try and sprinkle him in a little bit more on early down situations as he catches up with the speed of the game at the college level.
0: Yeah. Look, think of Alabama. Like Alabama's been the healthiest, most consistent program in the sport over the last 15 years. They've got true freshmen who beat out experienced guys, for starting spots. Like it happens. That just means the freshman is really good. Now there have been times around here where this roster just hasn't been that good or that deep. And it's like, Oh, we have to play this true freshman kind of like what you're talking about. Like we just don't have a choice. The, The guys that we have just aren't good enough, or we just don't have enough bodies to get an upperclassman on the field in certain spots. But I think this Texas roster now is at a place to where no, like you've got enough talent just about everywhere that if a true freshman is going to win a starting job, it's not because you're screwed and you just have to throw him out there. It's because, no, that guy's really good, and that guy absolutely earned the spot. So, no, it's uh, it's not concerning when you describe it the way that you described it because that happens at the healthiest and most elite programs in the country, too.
1: That is correct. Anything else that you take away from the scrimmage on Saturday, BK, based on folks that you spoke with who have their sources?
0: I just keep hearing great things about A.D. Mitchell. I know we've talked about him. I think you said on the show last week that you think he's going to be the best receiver on this Texas team this year. And the more I hear about him, the, the more I think you might have a case. Like just love the reports that we continue to get from A.D. Mitchell, and it just makes the, uh, the thought of this offense in 2023 way more exciting.
1: Well, it makes everybody in that receiving room better, too, by the way, like Quinn apparently connected with Xavier Worthy on a a 60 yard dart. And uh, overall, according to Inside Texas, Worthy looked great, like he has a lot of pressure off of him this year. And that's going to allow him to cook in ways that we were much more accustomed to his freshman year than last season, when it was almost a, a sort of give up moments with Quinn Ewers at times in games where he was only targeting Xavier Worthy, even if he wasn't open. And unfortunately uh, there were not a whole lot of good results to point to after the fact either.
0: Yep. And I liked what you said. There was a a deep ball connection between Ewers and Worthy because that was so inconsistent last year. My God. Like if Texas, I think of the TCU game, right? If Texas was able to hit on like one or two of those deep shots to Worthy, then it's a different game. Then Texas probably wins, and they're playing in the Big 12 championship game. But instead, like just the chemistry was off with the uh, with the deep uh, deep air raid for this offense last year. If they could find a way to make that happen and make that more consistent in 2023, then, yeah, this offense is going to be really, really tough to stop. Okay, Trey, before we uh, shift gears and talk some NFL preseason, I'm going to give some love to a few of our sponsors. AV Consultations, I've been hanging out with Tom McKay. He was one of the first people I hit up. When, uh, when I moved back up to Austin, a great dude, one of my best friends, but also he can
1: hook you up with the home TV setup of your dreams. That's right. He was at your apartment a little bit earlier today, BK, looking around to see what you are uh, going to do in your lair of love in terms of that four-screen <laughs> setup. Are you going to get that screen on the ceiling like you were talking about last week?
0: We're working on that, and we're working on a 65-inch screen in the shower, too. I'm not sure uh, we could find a way to make that happen, but we're looking for more screens than ever before.
1: Oh, We're going to have to get a picture of the 65-inch screen in the shower if that happens. (laughs) AVConsultations.com is where you can go to see all the great things Audiovisual Consultations has been doing in homes and businesses for 35 years now. BK and I not only uh, love Tom the Human, we are passionate customers about audiovisual consultations because he has hooked our homes up on numerous occasions. I have the dream home theater set up downstairs, also uh, a video game nook upstairs that probably gets a little bit uh, used a little bit more than the downstairs area at this point. We have audio-visual consultations to thank for that. Once you go to avconsultations.com and decide what they're going to do for you, then you're going to give them a call at 512-255-8678 for audio-visual consultations.
0: There you go. Shout-out to Tom. Shout-out to AV Consultations. And shout-out to our friends at 7-Eleven. Our guy, Ashish, runs a few different 7-Elevens. Here in Austin, the Monterey Oaks location down south, the Lake Austin location right in central Austin. He's all over the place. 7-Eleven is your go-to convenience store for all of the snacks, the hot drinks, the cold drinks, the fuel, everything you need to get you through these red-hot summer months In Central Texas, or hey, if you're listening in Dallas or Houston, they've got 7 Elevens all over the state. Go check them out. Make sure you download that 7 Rewards program as well, the 7 Eleven app that has the 7 Rewards program as well. So you can get some free stuff every time you go in there to 7 Eleven. Many thanks to them for uh, their partnership with us here on Texas Sports Unfiltered.
1: That's right. All right. We are welcoming a special guest to the show right now, BK. friend of ours from back in our old radio days. He's popping on once again because, well, he serves up what I consider to be my favorite sandwich in the Austin area. I'm not just saying that. I feel like I should have stock at some point because of how often my family goes to the (laughs) Ike Sandwiches location in Cedar Park. It is Ike Shahada. He is the owner and operator of Ike's Love and Sandwiches. He's also a Bay Area guy. may have to ask him about his 49ers and Golden State Warriors before it's all said and done. But we're welcoming Ike to Texas Sports Unfiltered for the very first time, BK, because there is a new Ike's that is already open in Georgetown. Even though the grand opening is happening this Wednesday, you live up in the Georgetown area. Make sure to grab a sandwich from Ike's. It is at 1021 West University Avenue, Suite 105. And now we do welcome Ike to the show. Ike, what's up, man? How you doing today?
2: I'm doing wonderful. I'm actually getting ready to board a flight to Austin.
1: That's right. You're in uh, San Francisco right now, coming down for uh, uh, some VIP events over the next couple of days. And then, of course, the grand opening on Wednesday. And we talked to you... Uh, gosh, this would have been four years ago, four or five years ago, when you opened that first location up in Sunset Valley. You brought samples in at that time, and uh, I, we were both over the moon uh, about them at that point and, and regular customers since. Uh, just how happy are you that not only have those locations really thrived, but you've been able to expand throughout Central Texas?
2: It's been, it's been great. Uh, how we usually start all the other territories we open in is we open up one and we just kind of play it by ear. We don't know if we need to open up three or a hundred and three. Uh, so yeah. we opened one because Austin's a place to be and quickly saw, oh, we can open up more. Um, then we got kind of got settled, pushed back with, the, with, the, with everything with COVID and things getting closed down. Uh, but now we're back. We're, we've been opening stores. We opened that Mueller location just a few months ago. We've got this one, and then we're opening up in Great Hills next month. So Gosh. we're we're opening up in the area.
0: Very good. That is great news. And we've got a comment already uh, from Slurricane who says, Ike's is the real deal, the Dutch crunch. Yeah, the world-famous bread that you guys have. Like everyone's so focused on – on the toppings on the sandwich, the meats, the veggies, the sauces. That's all important. Don't get me wrong, and you guys have that figured out too. But the bread, to me, is the most important part, and that's, I think, what separates you guys. Tell people about the, uh, the world-famous bread and kind of how that recipe came to be.
2: For a sandwich, the bread is, what 60 70%. So you have to start with that. And for me, when I wanted to open up my own place, I noticed that most of the sandwich places, it's not about the ingredients on the inside because everybody can get those, uh, get higher quality ingredients. Yeah. It's the, the bread wasn't good. That's my main gripe with East Coast sandwiches is the bread is not good. So it doesn't matter what you put in there. I don't care if you make your own pastrami. So in San Francisco, where I was born and raised, where I am today, right, the second, they had this bread called Dutch Crunch. And I grew up on this bread. I didn't know it wasn't, in other areas, it's not even. it wasn't even in L.A. until Ike's brought it there. That's how regional Dutch crunch bread is. But it's wow. essentially a soft French, it's, it's literally a French bread, but at the bottom of the pan, they throw rice flour, um, sugar, almond paste, sesame oil at the bottom, and they put the French bread on top. So when it bakes, they dump it out of the pan. It looks like it has a, a crust on top. And so that's what Dutch crunch is basically the softest roll you can find with a little added texture, different kind of dough, dough baked on top of dough. And that's what it is. Apparently it's a San Francisco thing, Bay Area thing. And now we brought it to all the other states and cities that we were in.
1: That's right. You're in six total states at this point, Ike. Is that right? California, Texas, Colorado, Utah, Nevada. And am I forgetting one?
2: We're in the Arizona, Phoenix uh, area. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. We're we're in all the old Pac-12 cities.
1: (laughs) You talk about the Dutch bread, and that is certainly uh, one of the enjoyable elements uh, of your places. But I got to give some love to the dirty sauce, too. I believe it's a garlic aioli with a bunch of spices thrown in there as well. Uh, Man, it it goes so perfectly with yellow mustard, too. Uh, That is uh, another one of those things that really sets you guys apart from everyone else.
2: The sauce is, so for me, it's... Bread, sauce, and then it kind of doesn't matter what you put in there. It could just be cheese and veggies, and it'll be amazing. Yeah. And so I, that's what I focused on. We have several key sauces. Dirty sauce is one of them. Uh, Godfather sauce is another. The yellow barbecue and a few other ones that are just – we use that to tie together the whole entire sandwich. So uh, that, those are my favorite parts of the sandwich. And then it just yeah. what meat do I want to eat today or do I want veggies or do I want fried chicken or whatever.
0: Yeah. When you started this thing, I mean, what, what was sort of the crux of this whole idea, right? I mean, you talked about the Dutch crunch and you talked about, you know, w- wanting that to be nationwide or at least more widespread than it was. But why sandwiches? Why did you feel like something like this would be so successful?
2: So when I was putting together my plan to open up what ended up becoming Ike's, I had three key uh, components. One, I wanted to feed people. Because I love to create food and mm-hmm. feed people. So I was like, well, what do people eat? Uh, well, people eat sandwiches. Like, People can eat a sandwich every single day. I know some people don't like sandwiches. Uh, and I don't trust you if you don't. <laughs> but you can realistically eat a sandwich every single day. I know I eat, had in the past before I've eaten sandwiches five, seven times a week sometimes. and So I wanted something that you could want to eat all the time. And so I thought about what those foods are even my, like my favorite foods, pizza, tacos, can't eat them every single day. Maybe some people out there can, but I, I, I don't feel like eating a piece of pizza every single day. So it was sandwiches wanted to feed people and what do they want? Delicious food. Then the second part is well, what do I love to make? And I looked at my recipes that I had and, and no matter what it was that I made, whether it was a teriyaki noodle dish or, or lamb chops, The next day, I would turn it into a sandwich. So it was pretty simple for me to be like, I should just open up a sandwich shop, uh, a cafe-type place. And then the third part, the last component of why Ike's became Ike's, is is I was like, wow, if I opened up a fine dining spot or a more classical sit-down restaurant, I'm going to need servers and hostesses and hosts and shit. I was like, oh, no, I'm just going to make sandwiches because I can just be the one that serves you, makes the food, gives you the food, and I wanted that whole like all that touch and mm-hmm. so that's why i ended up opening up a little cafe literally three blocks from where i'm sitting right now <laughs> um 17 16 years ago
1: wow so uh ike you're absolutely right by the way that the sandwich is the greatest vehicle for which you can consume the ingredients inside those two or sometimes three slices of bread and when we go to Ike's here in Cedar Park, and it's literally at least once, if not a couple of times per week, depending on how the weekend's going, we do have uh, the regular things that we like to order off the menu. My kids tend to go uh, turkey, turkey. Sometimes they'll go with the uh, grilled cheese option. My wife, uh, without fail, will almost always do the hot mama huda, the uh, buffalo chicken, which is delicious. And uh, I actually order something that's not on the wall, but you guys say on the menu that this is only some of the sandwiches here. You need to go to the website to, uh, to see all the different sandwiches that we offer. So uh, my guys, Lucas and Jacob at the Cedar Park location, they know what the number is for me. Every time I step to the register, they're like, you want a 756? I'm like, yes, I would like a 756. Do you know what the 756 is off the top of your head?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I designed it. It's turkey, bacon. Uh, it's, a, it's a club with avocado.
1: That's right, turkey oh. avocado.
2: We, we, in the official name, so this is portion so we can talk about it. The, the turkey club is named after Barry Bonds, um, although he doesn't get the one, that one anymore. He gets pastrami. Uh, he gets a pastrami club now. So mm-hmm. when he broke the record, we added avocado, and the official name is 756 without the asterisk. That's the name of the sandwich. <laughs> this is too long, too long for the computer to say that. So the, the basically the club with avocado is that sandwich.
0: Do you use, like. do you use like thicker bread for that one? Like just inject the bread with something the, to make it a little. A turkey? turkey. Uh,
2: well, so he, he's a buddy of mine, so I'm not going to say anything, but it is definitely no hormones in the chicken or the turkey. <laughs> Antibiotic free.
1: Do, I know you said that uh, you will uh, order a sandwich depending on your mood. Do you have a sandwich that you order more than the others though?
2: Well, right now we're doing a Wagyu pastrami version of a, like a it's a picnic reuben is what i would call it it's like a barbecue type of reuben i've been eating that every single day because it's a limited edition it's just this month uh, other than that though for me when i go in unless say i was with somebody and they wanted to get a mad bum or, or a 756 and i'll split with them we'll, we'll get two sandwiches which is the way to do it actually three people is the best Pet it in thirds try three sandwiches at a time that's the menu hack but uh, for me, I, I'm making a new sandwich every single time I'm in there. I'm looking for the next hit sandwich. And that's how come the menu keeps growing with amazing sandwiches, is I make a new sandwich, and if I'm thinking about it, like, oh, I want to get that one again, then I know that it should probably be put on the menu.
0: Wow. So what's what's next? I think you do like either by city or by location, where you do some specific sandwiches just for that. So do you have anything new brewing for uh, any of the new Austin area locations.
2: Oh, I've got a couple new ones. I've got two coming for, and people will see that if they come on in. Two coming for Great Hills. I had two for Mueller. I got two for uh, out there in Georgetown. Every location, I make at least two new ones based on what I've been eating. Like I track them. This is a good combo. Next door is going to get this one based on also the the region. Like in in Texas, most of the stores out there, Austin and Houston. We like to make it m- more Texas themed, so we got green chilies, um, barbecues, briskets, stuff like that. Whereas, in uh, when, when I just did a menu for Nor NorCal over here, I I try to make it a little bit lighter and more uh, you know like avocadoy instead sure. of uh, barbecuey. I like yeah. It.
1: Yeah, that sounds tasty. And uh, by the way, I saw that pastrami sandwich. And you do a, a vegan option, I believe, as well. I saw that on signage when we went in for uh, my son's birthday before going to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yesterday. That sandwich, I very rarely order anything other than the 75, 756. I'm going to have to get that sandwich now, especially because it's limited edition. Our, Ike, we did want to ask you a couple of sports questions before we let you go because you are a baby oh, yeah. guy, 49ers fan, and a Warriors fan, too. Uh, interesting year for Kyle Shanahan and those 49ers, huge piece of news that you are going to get Brock Purdy for the start of the season. It looks like what yeah. are your expectations for this team this year?
2: Uh, well, so for just looking at how they've been the last few years, basically since Shanahan kind of got his couple years in is they have to win a Super Bowl. either. I mean, they should have probably won one uh, against Kansas city, uh, all that stuff. But for for their expectations, if they don't win a Super Bowl this year or next year, people are going to think that it was a, a failure. Now, it's not a failure in, in like, oh, well, they had, they're had they bad and he's going to get fired or anything like that. Though I know it's one of those, I know, Niner fans that are like, they should win this year and next year. Uh, and that, those are unrealistic expectations. But those are the expectations that are put on the organization right now. they got a stacked team. And with all their quarterbacks, they're barely paying their quarterback room, even with three you know, probably could start in most teams, quarterbacks, and they're paying like that much. And we see what have happened in the league when your quarterback is barely taking up that cap. Um, what you can do, and that's why they can pay. Well, they haven't paid. I don't know. Did they pay Boza as of right now? That's why they're going to be able to pay him and everybody, all the other defensive players. There's no, they're not paying their quarterbacks anything right now.
0: Yeah, that's the best advantage financially in American professional sports, right? The rookie contract for the quarterback. Rookie TV. Especially when it's a seventh round pick, right? Mister Relevant, that guy's making like five figures or something like that. So,
2: oh yeah, that's ridiculous. It doesn't even count against the cap apparently. I
0: think I think Brock Purdy has to pay the Niners to play for the team. I don't know. I don't know yeah. if that's actually right. What about your Warriors, man? Uh, Chris Paul coming in, it obviously. You know, trying to keep the dynasty going. It was a decently successful year last year, making it to the second round of the playoffs. But obviously, the Warriors are used to. More than that, what's uh, what are your thoughts on the CP3 edition and your expectations for the Warriors this season?
2: Well, I'm, I'm close to a lot of folks in the organization, players and, and otherwise. And we got a bunch of Warriors player sandwiches get get the Steph Curry Harrison Barnes before Festus Azili. With um, I would have liked for them to have waited rather than dumping. A sal- basically a salary dump with Jordan Poole. Possibly they might've been able to get Dame Lillard. Now I don't know how big of a fit that would have been, but I would Chris Paul. Well, I'm going to start with Chris Paul is one of Ike's biggest fans. So this is no way in Chris Paul. Like I love him. Uh, thank you for the support. Uh, and I feel like they dumped Jordan Poole too early. Didn't mm-hmm. see how things could develop. Not that James Harden would be a match at all for this team, Though if they're looking for aging veterans that can help them win right now, the second I will say about Chris Paul though, since they got the the new rookies, um, Pajinski and the kid from Indiana, he's probably going to be great with the second team. For Chris Paul, I think that the the same thing. The expectations from the Bay Area standpoint is the Warriors need to be in the finals again. Uh, I, and I'd also see, I, I know the West is getting sour Denver. We got two X in Denver. So no bad smack about Denver. That is a crazy, amazing team. Mm-hmm. So uh, my, my expectations, they, they better make it to the Western Conference finals. Otherwise, um, Steve Kerr is also not on a hot seat, though. That's the expectations over here. So they need to be winning titles. They need to wrap up. They, we got Curry for however long and Draymond for however long. And clay and now Chris Paul too so we'll see hopefully Chris Paul is not the uh that curse in the playoffs
1: with his it's injuries It's always interesting dealing with guys who are not only really talented but also big personalities because there's a balancing act there right and it's like how good is your current game versus the distraction that you may provide the team on the court at times in the locker room as well. Are we seeing uh, something near the end for Draymond and the Golden State Warriors considering the incident with Poole last year? I know he's re-upped right now, but uh, do do we see a departure at some point in the next couple of seasons, Ike?
2: Well, I I know as as long as Steph's there, he's going to have Draymond's back. Uh, and Draymond is a really great guy in person like the the personality he is on, on the court is definitely not that uh if you were out having a beer with him right now mm-hmm. so that, that's just how he is He's probably similar to Chris Paul like I thought Chris Paul was annoying as hell even though he eats at Ike's um but now I'm like all right well let's see it on my team and I'm sure there's, there's a few players like that where you hate them if they're not on your team and then they're on your team like yeah let's get it so I think that's Draymond. Uh, and as long as Steph's going to be there and Clay, that that's going to be uh, like that's going to be their menage a trois. That that's going to be their thing until that's not around anymore. So as long as that's useful, I I don't think that Draymond. I mean, they already did it. They chose right now. They they had a young kid that's probably going to score 25 points a game this year, and they decided to go with the old veteran, you know, tough glue guy over this guy who could carry their team moving forward. Uh, I, I think that's an indictment on how much they love Draymond. And Draymond's not going anywhere until he can't play anymore, I don't think. Hmm.
1: Agreed. Uh, BK, do you have anything else? Because I want to end with uh, something in particular here.
0: No, nah, you take
1: it. All right, Ikes, this is uh maybe the most shameless question I've ever asked before, but uh, I feel like I should own stock at the Cedar Park Ikes because we go there an insane amount. I told you before the show started today that my kids look at you as a major celebrity. They see the painting of you on the wall every time we go into that <laughs> – uh, restaurant and they're like, Dad, you really know that guy? And I'm like, Yeah, I know him. I mean, it's like Bijan Robinson and Ike for my son. As far as uh, <laughs> just how big a deal you are in our house, you may get to meet them at some point over the next couple of days. But what do we have to do to get sandwiches at Ike's? Because I'm I'm not lying when mm. I tell you, I'm like Joey from Friends. Sandwiches are my favorite foods, and it has been a bucket list item of mine for about thirty years now. To have my own sandwich at a spot. So what, would, what does that require?
2: The, the easiest way to get a sandwich is to create something that I need to eat. The The Meatless Mike Sandwiches is our best-selling veggie sandwich of all time. is named after this guy named Mike, who other than his sandwich, you probably wouldn't even know he existed. But he designed the Meatless Mike Sandwich. I'm, I'm like, wow, well, this is actually delicious. And so I let him name it. He wanted to call it something inappropriate with balls in his name, but uh, since it's (laughs) vegan balls, however, we settle on the meatless mic, and he he gets to tell people that he is meatless mic. So the easiest way is create something that as I'm eating it, like damn, this got to be Trey or you know whatever it would be called. That's the easiest way. Come on in, mess around in the kitchen, and I have to eat it.
1: I'm gonna start studying you. I'm gonna start looking at all these different items, and I'm gonna have to veer away from the 756 to find something good enough that it impresses you, the man, the myth, Ike.
2: Yeah, 756 is not gonna get it. It's not gonna get put on the myth. Like it's not, it's not good enough to be added. So, and and that's also so it's the easiest way, but it's also um, these days maybe it's the hardest way because I'm getting really, really picky. We keep adding new sandwiches that I think make the cut. So you're gonna have to get. There's an infinite amount of choices in sandwiches, and it, it gets infinitely smaller every single time as I
0: what, add what do you, new ones. You like the uh, MLB Hall of Fame? You're not letting Barry Bonds in. You're, you're like them.
2: <laughs> you it's the like menu? you know, it's not the it's not the uh, sandwiches. Really, really, really good. You know, it's got to be amazing. We have uh, unofficially about a thousand sandwiches. I don't need a thousand and one just to have a thousand and one. It's got to be one that I'm proud to say. You got to get this when you're
0: here. Very good,
1: very good. Well, uh, I thank you so much for the time today, man. People need to uh, get to not just the brand new Georgetown location, which is at 1021 West University Avenue, Suite 105. There are five different locations throughout the city. There's about to be a six too. Great Hills didn't even realize about that one. The current five locations though: Georgetown, Round Rock, Cedar Park, uh, the uh, the Miller neighborhood, and then also Sunset Valley. And uh, hopefully there's plenty more on the way to just like with the Bay Area, just like with Denver, like Ike's fits perfectly with Austin because Austin has a a very advanced sandwich culture. So for you guys to stand out amongst all the great sandwich spots in this town, kudos to you, sir. Great product. We love it.
2: Well, thanks so much. And I'll be out there tomorrow, today, tomorrow and the next day. If you all see me, just mention the show. I will buy you a sandwich. Uh, so you
1: know, and Ike's, Ike is going to buy you a sandwich you, guys, like, you gotta go. you gotta
2: find me though like don't walk in there and be like I heard Ike say this No, you gotta find me because then I can get you a sandwich
1: And you're gonna spend most of your time at that Georgetown location too right
2: I'll, I'll be mostly there I'm staying downtown and I know that's nowhere near Georgetown but why would I not <laughs> stay downtown right so I'll be there and hey if you if your kids want to say what's up and make some sandwiches together I'm down for that too
1: let's do it I thank you so much man Thanks, Ike.
2: You're welcome. I appreciate you having me. Talk soon. See you guys soon. Yes,
1: yep. sir. Very okay, good. There we go, BK.
0: How about that? We just got uh heading to Sunset Valley. TX horns right there. We uh inspired him or her to go check out Ike's Love and Sandwiches. You should. Place is incredible. And I'm they had one. I was telling Ike before we got on the air today, there was one pretty close to where I lived in Houston but COVID got the best of it. So it shut down like right after I moved down there and I was devastated. So now that I'm back in South Austin, I'm super excited to uh, to have Ike's at my disposal. I'm going to be going there a ton and I love yeah. it.
1: Yeah. That Sunset Valley location is really close to you too. I- I'm not yeah. even kidding you BK. It's literally a drive through my neighborhood to get to the shopping section where the Ike's is like a five minute drive. And I'm so thankful for that because before Ike's was here, I literally did have to drive into Austin to get a good sandwich. But now I've got Ike, so I can just make the five-minute drive and stay away from toll roads and 183 and all sorts of other pitfalls that this city has to offer during the day.
0: It's a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. All right, many thanks to Ike for joining us today. We appreciate his time. Before we get to where we at in society, and oh, by the way, we're 10 minutes away from the new show, Chip and Zay. From 1 to 3, the debut episode is today. They're going to be on Monday to Friday, all week long, all year long. So definitely subscribe to this channel and keep spreading the word about what we've got going on at Texas Sports Unfiltered because, hey, like Ike's, we are growing this thing, and we're super excited about that. So be locked in for that. I got to tell some people about the greatness of Altstadt beer. Hey, you know, get you a sandwich, come home, take it to go, get you an Altstadt beer. It doesn't matter what you're eating. Altstadt is perfect for any food. It's perfect for any occasion, whatever you have going on in the summer. If you're hitting the pool, hitting the lake, grilling out with friends and family, or if you're literally staying inside and enjoying the air conditioning, doesn't matter. Altstadt is a perfect accompaniment for Every summertime occasion all throughout the state of Texas, you can find six packs wherever you buy your beer, H-E-B, Specs, Twin Liquors, Total Wine, wherever you go, they've got Altstadt beer, and they've got so many different brews, something for every beer drinker out there. Give them a go. I promise, one sip, and you won't go back to the other beers that you have been drinking in the past. It's Altstadt beer, no impurities, no regrets. And Trey, the chair you're sitting in, I've got a better chair now than what I had in Houston, thankfully. But I still need the uh, the chair setup that you have from Relax
1: the Back. Thank goodness. You know, the chair that you were sitting on in Houston for the last week, it's like saying I've got a better girlfriend than the hobo I used to be dating from the street <laughs> corner. Uh, so it was a low bar, but I'm glad you're crossing it now, my friend. And eventually, you will find your way to Relax the Back. I was actually on the website the other day looking, not necessarily to upgrade the chair, although I did take a look because they have the... Best technology around as far as comfortable chairs go that are also really good for your back, but also looking at the possibility of a stand-up desk. Yes, Relax the Back has that and so much more, whether you're talking about furnishing your office or maybe you want to add a comfortable piece of furniture to your living room or maybe, like I have spent so much money on over the years, you want to find some of the best massage tools around to help you deal with some of those aches and pains, Relax the Back has that and so much more for you. Uh, just go to one of the locations here in Austin or go to the website to find out more.
0: Absolutely, and shout out to sentexttickets.com as well. If you need tickets to any sporting event all year long, go to Centextickets.com, 100% guaranteed tickets college football, the NFL, the NHL, NBA, Major League Baseball, the playoffs coming up soon. You can get all those tickets right there on site at SINTEXTICKETS.com. We thank uh, all of our great sponsors for their support of Texas Sports Unfiltered. All right, Trey, we're in the final 10 minutes of our show. We wrap up every midday with Trey and BK with a little bit of...
2: Where are we at in
3: society today?
1: Okay, BK... I am all about bringing people examples as to why we as humans are headed in the wrong direction. Very occasionally, there will be a story that provides a sense of optimism that has us all saying to ourselves, hey, maybe we as a people are starting to figure something out. Perhaps all is not lost, but today is definitely Not that day. I see Zay in the waiting room. If he actually comes back to his chair and is ready to go, we may get him in on this conversation (laughs) too. Because I had something happen yesterday that turned me back into Larry David from Curb Your Enthusiasm. I don't seek out these interactions with people that some may describe as uncomfortable. Others may ask me to leave their place of business. But sometimes you have to call out when people are acting like inconsiderate assholes. And that is what happened, at, should I talk about the business here? It's nope. just, it's a, it's a bit of a story. It's a bit of a story and it's not the business's fault either. Well, it's kind of some of the employees of the business's fault for allowing this to happen. We'll just say a coffee shop on North Lamar that I frequent and have literally been going to pretty much since it opened I know most of the employees there to some form or fashion, but uh, because I no longer work at The Horn, I'm probably not in there quite as much. It's not a daily occurrence and more of a maybe twice or three times a week occurrence. Well, I go into this coffee shop yesterday to, <laughs> I'm going to be surprised by this one, get coffee. And uh, I walk into the store and the, the, uh, the coffee shop itself is dog friendly. They literally have treats at the front counter to give to the dogs that come in with their human owners who are getting coffee. Well, typically the human owner is getting coffee and turning around and walking right back outside and going about their day with said dog. Sure. But yesterday I walk in and You walk through the door, and it's probably 15 steps to the front register. Well, there was somebody at the register placing an order and paying for it. So I walk about 10 steps. And so in the five steps between me and the person who's actually at the register, there is a dog completely sprawled out in front of me. And this is not like a Shih Tzu, mind you, or a little Yorkie. This is a big some sort of lab mix but a big fat black lab let's call it okay and so i look down the lab the lab is like i literally either have to step over this dog or go completely around it to get to where the cash register is and so i'm looking around i'm like is it the dog is it the guy who's paying at the register now is this his dog and the dog just decided to uh to just go lizzo and just spread out on the floor like this (laughs) There's a table to my right that's a little bit behind me. Is it somebody at this table? Is it their dog? And they've just decided to let the dog come lay out in the middle of the floor in the middle of a walkway. Well, the guy finishes paying. And I look around and I ask one of the employees, do you know whose dog this is? Like, it is literally in the middle of the floor here. Like, I either have to step over it or walk around to get to the cash register. And at that point, the owner comes up to me from uh, basically a little bit around the counter where uh, the drinks typically are delivered to. And she says, oh, that's my dog. Now she is, I'm going to guess, in her mid to late 20s. She is, So she's youngish, or she's young. she hot? Mildly attractive, maybe. I don't know how to rank her because my opinion is extremely biased by the fact that she is just a total piece of shit. <laughs> and so she comes up and says, "Oh, it's my dog. I'm so sorry. I said, look. Your dog is in the middle of a walkway right now. Can you please have enough common sense to keep the dog closer to you?" I'm like, "I understand that that you are just going with the flow here, but this isn't your living room. This is a coffee shop and not ne- everybody necessarily wants to step over your dog to get their drink." And she immediately responds, "Well, you don't have to be mean about it." I said, "I'm not being mean, I'm being direct." She said, stop talking to me like I'm a child. I said, I don't know what else to tell you here other than you're kind of acting like a child with how you're treating this place like it's your living room. You need to get your dog closer to you. Oh. I have not ordered my coffee just yet. So at this point, she gets her dog and like brings it closer to her. And like the dog is like sitting next to her at this point. And so I walk up to the register or the, uh, it's not even a register anymore. It's the iPad that people that they use is like the register screen now. Takes yeah. cash anymore? What are we in 2009? So I place my order, and the uh, the beta male hipster who is uh, at the register after he takes my order says, "Would you like me to bring you your drink outside?" I said, "No, I've come in here for a decade. I will take my drink over where you normally deliver my drink. I'm fine." everything is fine right now. So I turn around and walk towards the around the counter area to pick my drink up because they make it's a cold brew that I order. They they make that very quickly. It is one of the least labor intensive drinks that are on the menu. So I walk and as I'm walking I cross I pass her and she says You know, you were really mean to me just now. I said, I'm not being mean, but apparently you lack the common sense to keep your dog next to you versus letting it lay out in the middle of a walkway. So I'm not sure how else to address that. It was very frustrating that it takes me saying something versus you actually doing this yourself. So I continue (laughs) to walk and I go get my drink get my drink at this point. It's not a big coffee shop. At this point, everybody is looking at me. And by the way, I know at least some of you are happy that I'm having this conversation with this. Anyhow, that I'm having this conversation (laughs) with this girl, I'm going to refrain from, uh, from name calling if I can. Uh, So I grab my drink and I have to pass her again to walk out. And so I grab my drink, put the straw in it or whatever, and start to walk out. And I put my sunglasses on. And as I'm walking past her, I put my sunglasses on. She said, you know what? I still hope you have a great day. And I turn to her, take my sunglasses off. And I say, I hope you have a great day too. But more than that, I hope you gain the common sense to understand that this is a coffee shop and not your living room. I put (laughs) my sunglasses on and just walk out the door. Now, just just wouldn't let it go. I'm fairly familiar with a, uh, a good chunk of the employees at this coffee shop. So I'll be curious to see if something is said to me the next time I go in there. I want to go in there. I would have gone in today, but I was playing volleyball early. So I went to a, a different coffee shop in the domain. But I will go back in there at some point, And I might be banned for life, or they may give me a coffee on the house because I spoke up in ways that the beta hipsters who work in that place are incapable of doing so by telling this dumb girl who clearly had, uh, no, uh, no limits set by her parents when she was a child, that this is a coffee shop and not her living room. That's incredible.
0: Just couldn't let it go. Just couldn't let it go.
1: I, I mean, I was, I was ready to be done with it. I would have walked past and I would have said, have a good day, goodbye or whatever. But she, you know, she felt the need. She gained some sense of, of bravery in this moment. And unfortunately she pay, paid a, a, a pretty brutal verbal price as a result.
0: That's awesome. All right, just uh, past 1 o'clock, which means it's time to bring on the two newest hosts of Texas Sports Unfiltered and the newest show on TSU. We've got Chip Brown. We've got Zay Collier. What's up, gentlemen?
3: What's going What's on, up, fellas? Yo. How y'all doing?
1: Guys, let me ask you a quick question. Are Zay, I know you're a dog owner. Chip, are you a dog owner? Yes. Uh, where are you limits in terms of bringing dogs into public places, are you bringing your dog into a coffee shop or restaurant or grocery store or TJ Maxx or anywhere else like that? Like, I feel like we need to get to a point where that dog needs to be certified as a uh, as a uh, special needs dog in order for people to bring their dogs into these public spaces.
3: Yeah, that's not happening with uh, with our beagle Riggs. He's uh, it's 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 enough to just get him to go outside to. To do his duty, you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> gotcha. Zay,
3: how about you? Uh, I would like to say, yeah, I would be one of those guys, but mm, my wife wouldn't let me. But I love my dog, I treat him like a human. Okay, he that's conversations. Fine. You, have you have conversations know, with him, yeah, absolutely. Like, we man's best friend for a reason damn it like we have conversations we have a very good bond to where hey i i need that every morning conversation with my dog i need that to keep it going
1: what are y'all talking about the meaning of life the relativity of time what's going on here with these conversations eh
3: I mean, we like to clown on maybe the people we saw outside, you know, he kind (laughs) of gives me a look at, hey, there was a nice little Labradoodle that looked a little sexy or something like that. You know, we just have different conversations. You don't have that bond with your dog. Don't worry about it. It's just something that me and Champ have that's very personal (laughs) and very deep to me. And yeah, I appreciate it a lot. But man, I forgot about how just surly you could be. Wow. Like, I think a girl deserved that at the coffee shop.
1: Oh, she she flat out deserved that and more. I went easy on her versus what she probably needed in terms of learning a lesson because her parents didn't help to teach her limits or having a basic understanding or courtesy for those around you to not allow your dog to just splay out in the middle of the walkway like Lizzo in the middle of one of her shows down the runway. It was It was not something that I cared to step over. This dog could... Reach up and bite me if it really wanted to. That dog needs to stay next to you if you have it in public spaces. You don't need to let it be 10 to 15 feet away or 10 to 15 steps away. Oh, man.
3: All, All right. right. We got a show to get to, fellas. We've got to get to our
1: show.
0: We're done. We're working overtime. Who's who's our uh, – I, I guess i got to pay ourselves a little bit more for this. Excited to listen, fellas. We're out of here. Chip and Zay coming up right now from 1 to 3. Keep it locked in to Texas Sports Unfiltered. Hook